Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doylestown Presbyterian Church. It's clear these days it's tough to make time. Schedules quickly become busy and calendars suddenly become full. To that end, DPC is excited to now offer this podcast channel, which will allow you to hear a recording of Sunday's sermon from that day's preacher. Whether you listen while taking an evening stroll, driving to and from the grocery store, or anytime you get a free couple of minutes, we hope it can allow for reflection and spiritual growth during your week. We also invite you to visit www.dtownpc.org to learn more about our church, our various ministries, and online giving opportunities. Thank you for tuning in. A number of years ago, I was part of a community worship service honoring the life and work of Dr. Martin Luther King. This particular service was occurring in an African-American congregation. And the preacher for that day was a black minister named O.H. Lakey. Mr. Lakey was also the bishop for that region of the CME Church. And he delivered a powerful message on that occasion. As part of the sermon at one point, he was talking about how it is there are times when we can hear the same words but not really understand what they mean. And as an example, he told of a time when a white pastor in Atlanta was preaching in an African-American church and, and he was feeling pretty good about the sermon until this moment when a woman from the pew shouted out, help him, Jesus. It startled him. But he was able to finish his thought and the sermon, but, but he was deflated. He was thinking that, that it had fallen flat. Well, when Bishop Lakey was recounting that story in that congregation, all the African Americans present nodded with understanding, while many of the white people, including myself, nervously laughed with the idea of that kind of response from the pews. And he sensed that there wasn't an understanding even in that moment of his example. And so Bishop Lake, he said, to my white brothers and sisters, you need to know that in the black church, when someone shouts out, help him, Jesus, it means you're doing pretty good. I think for all of us, there are moments when we can hear the words, but not really get the message. It's not only a dynamic with differing responses to encourage a preacher, for the same thing can happen if you accompany your spouse to a high school reunion and you can hear her peers, her fellow alums, speak in a kind of code and laugh uproariously while you don't understand what's going on. Or it can occur when you're the only person at dinner who doesn't work in the same office, or when you're the only adult in a room full of teenagers and you hear things that you know are English, <laughs> but somehow you're missing the more subtle connotation that is being shared. That kind of thing happens for all of us in all kinds of moments when we feel as if we're missing something in the story. And the two biblical narratives before us today tell us that sometimes that's precisely what God intends.
Our Old Testament reading comes from the day when Daniel, the exile in Babylon, is about to share the content of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. As we saw last week, that sovereign had some kind of troubling nightmare, and he was so upset that he gathered together all the experts in interpretation and told them that all of them would be put to death unless they could recount for him both the dream and tell its meaning. When Daniel hears of that challenge, he asks to be taken to the king, and he promises to help. And the king gives him some time. And then that exile goes to his three friends and asks them to pray because he's made a promise without knowing the dream either. And their prayers are answered. So on the day that we resume the narrative, Daniel once again is taken into the king's presence. And the first thing Nebuchadnezzar says to him is, are you able to share with me the dream and its interpretation? And Daniel responds that there's no one on earth who can do that, but is quick to add that there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He goes on to say that the reason he is able to name and interpret the dream is not because he is smarter than anyone else, but only because God has shared it with him. And as we will see next week, he moves ahead and recounts the content and the message that is included in that dream. On this day, though, we stop with Daniel's preamble, the moment when he speaks of God as being the revealer of mysteries, making the point that the only reason he understands is because God chose to tell him. Our New Testament reading lifts up a similar kind of dynamic that is happening in Jesus's ministry. And it comes on the day when he offers his very first parable, parable of the sower and the seed. It's a method of teaching that Jesus will use many times over the years that follow. And it's afterwards that the disciples come up to him and say, why is it that you teach them in parables? In essence, what they're saying is, Why aren't you talking more plainly? Now, if Jesus had not answered that question, we might have guessed that his reason was that the parables, stories, are often easier to remember and they linger with us. And would guess that there's many of you who could grasp and recount most of the tales of the parable, for instance, of the prodigal son or of the good Samaritan. Or we might have thought that Jesus would have said, well, the reason I use parables is because that in a story, people can find themselves at different places and get the particular message they need. And that would reflect our experience with parables too. That's not what he said. Instead, when he's asked why he does that, he says to them, to you, that is to the disciples, It has been given the secrets or the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but not to them. He goes on to say 
that those who understand will gain even greater knowledge, and that those who have only partial understanding, that in fact will fade away. And then he directly answers the question. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. Now, it's a confusing response, for it sounds like Jesus is, is somehow trying to hide the message that he is sharing. And as you will find in the Gospels, there are times when those parables get Jesus in trouble with religious or political authorities. And so maybe as he's just beginning to use them, he is deciding that parables are a way to help his time on earth stretch to that full three years intended for his ministry. Mark has a similar moment of this same question being asked. And in that occasion, Jesus says that he uses parable in order that people might not understand. Whereas here, Jesus seems to be saying more that he uses that tool because some people just won't grasp the truth, no matter how clearly or obliquely it is shared. Whichever version of that that you prefer, what we're hearing from Jesus is something that Daniel was conveying to that troubled king long ago, namely that there is this thing about mystery that sometimes God chooses to share only in part, if even that. George Washington Carver was an agricultural scientist and an inventor who lived mostly towards the end of the 19th century. He created all kinds of products from peanuts and sweet potatoes and soybeans, despite the fact that he was born in the last year that slavery happened in this country. He was committed to education, eventually earning a degree from Iowa State University, and then he returned and spent most of his years teaching at Tuskegee University in Alabama. He became the first African-American whose birthplace was set apart as a national historic site. Despite all of his accomplishments, he's best known for the work he did with peanuts. And he used to tell this story on himself. As he said, I, I prayed to God once, tell me the secrets of the universe. And God said to me, that's only for me to know. Carver then said, well then, tell me the secrets of the peanut. And God replied, George, that's much more your size. And he told me. Some mysteries we come to understand in part or fully. Some mysteries are ones that we grasp right away or become clear to us later, and yet then there are some that never are revealed to us. Which raises the question, 
of what are those mysteries for you that endure? It might be the questions that I think have always been part of the human struggle, namely some variation of why is it that the innocent suffer? Or why it seems as if evil triumphs. The mystery that you struggle with could be more personal than that. Of why you can't seem to find the job that matches your passion with your gifts. Of why you weren't accepted to the college of your dreams. Of why you struggle to conceive while others don't seem to face those challenges. Or it might be that your question stands at the heart of faith, of namely, why is it that you have raised your child in the church, but upon adulthood, she doesn't continue? Or why is it that this prayer that you have repeatedly offered seems to consistently fall on deaf divine ears. There are mysteries that are part of our journey. And what the insight that both Jesus and Daniel offered is that sometimes that's exactly what God intends. That, that our task is not to figure out everything in our life or in this world but even when we don't fully understand, to grow in modeling the kind of life Jesus intends. That when we come face to face with those kinds of matters that we just can't figure out, that instead of viewing that as a moment then when we simply give up, that we continue in this journey. And maybe, just let the mystery itself linger. One of my favorite stories that I think evokes that kind of response comes from the South Plains Food Bank of Lubbock, Texas. That organization has been in existence for 38 years, helping address that gap the food insecurity faced by many of their neighbors. And one of their particular priorities is that always they will have fresh produce when it is in season. One day in the fall of 1995, the executive director, Carolyn Lanier, answered the phone and there was a woman named Alpha Campbell on the other end and she had a very specific request. She wanted a sweet potato. Carolyn Lanier regretfully told Mrs. Campbell that they hadn't, they didn't have any sweet potatoes. And undeterred, the woman on the other end of the phone said, well, I'm praying for a sweet potato, and I'm praying for the food bank, and I'm praying for myself. And then gave Carolyn Lanier her phone number and the conversation ended. Well, later, Ms. Lanier would recount that she was really touched by how this gentle-sounding woman was left to pray for a sweet potato. And so she decided that she wanted to help and didn't want to make God look bad. 
And so she headed out for the grocery store. And when she got to her car, she found that it was blocked by a tractor trailer that had just pulled up. And when the driver got down from the cab, he went to the back and opened up the back and there were 42,000 pounds of sweet potatoes. <laughs> and he said to her, we can't sell these. They're ripe, they're little. Nobody wants to buy a runty, overripe, small, sweet potato. Without a word, Carol Lanier went back into her office and immediately called Alpha Campbell and said, Mrs. Campbell, please stop praying. <laughs> we have 26,000 pounds of sweet potatoes and we don't have room for any more. And her response was, I sure hope they're little ones. I just hate them big ones. <laughs> Let us pray. We give thanks, O oh God, for the certainty that you continue to create and lead and provide throughout our days. We thank you for those moments when led by the insight you have provided or that offered by others, we are able to solve particular mysteries. And yet on this day, we also stop to give thanks that you are the creator and we are the creature, which means that there will be times that we do not understand. And yet still, know that you do. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on your journey of faith. Don't forget to check out www.dtownpc.org to explore all the ways DPC strives to be a bridge for Christ and a beacon of his love.